Hi, I'm Casey. And I'm Andrea. And you're listening to our podcast, That's Not What Andrea Told Me. We're two sisters separated by age and geography, but united in our love of talking to each other. Thanks for listening. All right, everybody, welcome to episode eight of That's Not What Andrea Told Me. This week, we have an episode about a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts, unlike last week's topic. (laughs) That's right. This week, we're going to be talking about our international travel, uh, how lucky we are to have done it and continue to do it, well, I guess up until 2020, where we've been and where we still want to go. So we were incredibly lucky as kids, I think, especially as we were compiling our list of places for this episode, I think we (laughs) sort of remembered how lucky we were. Those of you who have been listening to our episodes prior to this will remember that our dad talked about our godfather, Fluffy, is what we called him. And Fluffy was an incredible individual. And whenever his parents passed away, he inherited a a decent amount of money and and things and was just kind of a simple bachelor guy. Like he just didn't want all of that. And so he really loved us and really wanted us to experience things. Of course, our parents were working class. Dad talked about that a little bit. Mom talked about it a little bit, you know, sort of being poor. So if not for Fluffy, we would not have gotten to do these things, right? Definitely. And so he helped subsidize these trips, both our international trips and our domestic trips, which we're going to talk about at another time. So I think we were lucky there. And then we were also lucky that we had a grandmother with her own individual means to travel (laughs) and was willing to take us, right? Because I think both of our first international trips were with Grammy, correct? Correct. Also being of this very, very strange part of a generation where our grandparents were the age of most parents now. Yes. So this is all happening when our grandmother's like 50. (laughs) That's really true. Cause let's see, I think Grammy was 40 when I was born and our first trip, I was, I believe I was 12. So she would have been 52. So you're exactly right. How old was mom when Leith was born? 58. 57. But so you're yeah, right. So it's very different. And it's funny because like, I remember, I'll be curious to hear your memory, but so my first trip, Grammy was a member of a group, I don't know if they are still in existence today, called ITC, International Training and Communications or Training in Communications, something like that. And they had these big international meetings that she would attend. And the this particular year that we did Scotland, the conference was in Edinburgh. And so we went to Scotland with two of her friends that she knew, Marlene and another woman whose name I don't recall. And Marlene was lovely. I loved her very, very much. Look at you. You said you didn't remember things. I I do remember Marlene. Don't remember the other lady. (laughs) And I remember we rented a car. So we, we all flew in together, rented a car and 
we spent two weeks prior to that conference basically making a big circle around Scotland and then ended up back in Edinburgh. And, you know, we can talk about this in our, our domestic travel episode as well, but like Grammy had to go conference. So I just hung out at the hotel. I think I wandered about a little bit. Can you imagine letting your 12 year old wander about Scotland? <laughs> it seems seems like a bold choice, but it was a different time. <laughs> it was such a different time. But it was just, it was a lot of fun. But but perhaps this is where I developed my love for people that are approximately 40 to 60 years older than me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because Marlene was older than Grammy, for sure. I don't know, in my mind, she was very, very old, but she might not have been. <laughs> I was thinking she was at least 10 or 20 years older than Grammy. Hmm. But so that was the other thing is that, and, and I, my sense is that Grammy somehow was able to finagle some portion of the travel. Like maybe our hotel in Edinburgh was a reduced rate or something because it was part of this conference. Sure. Was your trip that same way or no? No. Okay. Or if it was, I just have zero re- recollection. I feel like you'd remember uh, conferencing. Or being left to my own devices <laughs> for days on end. No, I don't believe it was either either one. I know Ireland wasn't, but. We, I was there for Ireland and it definitely was not. But you were just there for, after the first couple days. You guys had like one or two days on your own and then I joined you. But that was yeah. definitely not a conference concur (laughs) (laughs) that memory agree we agree but so one of the things we were talking about so I was 12 ish my first time you were also 12 ish 13 ish I think 13 okay so one of the things I have thought a lot about particularly as as a family we have discussed wanting to sort of change up some of our holiday traditions. And we have discussed spending Christmas in Ireland. Our mom really wants to do that. But subsequently thinking about traveling with kids and and listening to my friends talk about it and all of that has led me to think a lot about whether or not I fully appreciated the trips that I was taking when I was taking them. And I don't think that I did. Do you think that you appreciated them at the time? I think I appreciated the things that I was seeing and that I was doing something interesting, Mm -hmm. but it was also very anxiety inducing for me. Mm. I think because I just, obviously we had been places, but this just felt very different. And I I remember still, and I think there's always a little bit of anxiety when you're going to travel someplace new and different. But I just re- remember feeling like traveling overseas was so different. Like I needed to like get different clothes because I needed to look like a, look the part. I don't know. And I was just very stressed out about going going anywhere. And I think part of that too is because I don't feel like you hear about pickpockets and such as much anymore, but I was just really worried about that. And (laughs) so I do sorry, some of that is we both went on those school sponsored trips through ETS, Mm -hmm. right? And they stressed the pickpocket thing. Remember, they wanted you to purchase Mm -hmm. the, what was it even called? It 
It wasn't a handy pack. No, that's how I wore mine, but it was a thing where you could hide your money under your clothes. Right. I think it was EFS. Oh, okay. ETS is who I currently work for when I grade AP exams. What did it say? I don't remember. Educational. Fun stuff. Sure. That was it. (laughs) What was it? No, it's going to drive me crazy. Just Google it. You're right. That, but I had that thought before then as well. I think it was just in, you know, it was in guidebooks and all and everything, but then it did get a little crazy with the, the money belts and that's what yeah, it was. So, it's called a money belt. Okay. So you're supposed to wear the one I have your, I think I still have it. Okay. You're supposed to wear it around your neck, but then like, and then what lift up your clothes as you're checking out. <laughs> But I was wearing a lot of skirts, so I tied or I um, did mine around my waist. Uh huh. Because that makes it less weird when you're pulling something out of your pants. I think I got to the point where I, because I think I had the kind you wore around your neck, and I just would put it at the bottom of my backpack or whatever. You're so brave. I mean, I think I get like this about a lot of things now, given the infrequency with which I lock my house and my car both. Yeah. Um, And I'm just like, it's fine. (laughs) <laughs> it'll all be okay hey sarah sarah that's what i always say <laughs> it is it is an accident i don't mean to not lock my doors nor do i mean to accidentally leave them open sometimes like i do <laughs> it's that back door man gets me every time yeah. but anyways so I think I just sort of got to a point where I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like nothing's happening. It's fine. But I I do remember the, whatever that tour group was, we did through St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. I remember there being so much around pickpockets and being careful. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it was a requirement. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like bring one of these if you want. It was like, get your money belt. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to frisk you and make sure you've got your money belt. Um, yeah. Maybe not quite that bad, but then they also give you like these, bright blue uh-huh. EFS backpacks. It's uh-huh. like, let's, let's give this group of children a backpack. That's going to make, that's going to scream. I'm a tourist. <laughs> and, but then it really emphasize money and passport safety. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. But I do think those were cool. So let's see, I went on three of them. How many did you go on? Just one, just one, man, mm-hmm. I guess. Our parents and Fluffy didn't love you as much. No. <laughs> Are we surprised? <laughs> or you were less pushy. Yeah, that's uh, that, part of it. Probably part of it. So I got to do England for the first time with this mystery group that starts with an E. I got to do... European fun stuff. I'm pretty sure it's educate. The first word is definitely education. I feel certain of that. So I got to do England for the first time, Scotland for the second time, and then France... And that France trip was incredible because it was with our high school. I don't know how, I mean, I feel like she taught us French a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. She was one of our French teachers multiple times throughout our 13 years at St. Thomas, but on Benzie. And she was just a cool woman. She had grown up in France and she was young. She was four or five during the Nazi occupation in World War II. And so she remembers German soldiers taking over her village and like the, the things that she would do to just sort of be a precocious 
little girl whose village was being occupied. But that was really, it was cool. So she lived in France until she was a teenager, I believe. So it was really cool to go back with her because it was her home country. So she did have amazing stories. She really did. She really did. So that was probably one of my favorites, although I I enjoyed the other two as well, but that just was cool for a couple of other reasons. And it was at at the end of that France trip that you tacked on and had some time in Germany, right? Yes, which was the infamous time that I learned about traveling with wine. Do you remember? In 11th grade, that was in 11th grade. It was in 11th grade, but I I learned young. I mean, I'm not surprised. (laughs) So because we had been in France, I had bought a couple of bottles of wine for mom and quote unquote air quotes (laughs) I wasn't really a wine drinker at that point but so I bought them and I just didn't as as a non-alcoholic 16 year old or 17 year old I didn't think about this and I just put them in my suitcase and so when Grammy and I got to Germany we were we got our suitcases off of the whirly bird and it was like what is that smell and like we're looking around it's like sure smells really strong like oh, my suitcase is leaking. (laughs) So got out to the rental car and opened up my suitcase and both bottles had broken and most of my clothes were ruined. Oh my God. So luckily we were only going to spend something like, it was Germany and Austria and we were going to spend something like eight-ish days or nine-ish days. And so I was able, we did go, I think we went to a laundromat, got a few things washed, but but it had just been, it had been a really long day of travel And, you know, being a teenager, I was going from being on this trip with all my friends and, and actually uh, a boy from Omaha that was the first person to ever propose marriage to me was on that trip. That was super sweet. I said, no, by the way, if anybody listened to, didn't listen to last week's episode. And, (laughs) and so like, I was leaving my friends to just this trip with our grandmother, which was lovely. But, you know, I was like, I miss my friends. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and like, half my clothes are ruined. and <laughs> Just tragedy after tragedy. It was, it was rough. It was rough. And then we had an issue too, where I had told Grammy, okay, I already know French. So I have that covered. You learned some German. <laughs> <laughs> and, and spoiler alert, she didn't. Yeah. And so it was really funny. We got there late at night and like trying to drive because the German word for street is Strass and mm-hmm. they just put it on the end of everything. So it'll be like <laughs> fling and flung of Strass, you know, it's like 32 <laughs> letters. Can I buy a vowel please? It's late at night. Our car, our rental car reeks of alcohol. It was a oh my God. whole thing. So my first two trips were with Grammy and that was, we went to England when I was in eighth grade and Ireland when I was in 10th. And that Ireland trip still is, it's so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. I think we had so much fun on that trip. So for everyone who's been following along on the progression of our relationship. So by this point, Andrea was in college and that's when she started to like me. Right. So this, this was probably like the first, the blossoming of our peas in the pod. And, and, and it was really, I guess the sister's at their best. So this, the trip did start off rough. So you weren't there. You were going to meet us from Spain. Mm-hmm. So we landed and they, they left behind my bag, Grammy's bag and one other woman. Yeah. And that woman was in front of us at the line in the line to complain. And that poor woman, she did have, she had to go to a funeral. So I'm sure she was like emotional and stressed, but she was like freaking out. And it's like, 
the bag is on a different continent. Yeah. Like you can freak out as much as you want, but at this point, just take the 15 euro they're going to give you and go figure it out. And so for the first three days or maybe more, I can't remember of that trip, I had to wear the same outfit. So I had to sleep in my jeans and button down shirt and wear it every day because the because kind of what Andrea is describing, we would get someplace, we would rent a car and then we would go. So we literally just left the airport, got in a car and started driving north. So we were daily calling the airline saying, okay, this is where we are now. <laughs> Do you have a courier with our bags? So we did eventually get our bags and my gosh, thank goodness. I think you guys had I think you got them the day that I got there and I think y'all had already been in Ireland because you went up to Northern Ireland right Mm -hmm. so I think y'all had taken about three days total to do that and then we all met back up I think in Dublin if that I think yes that's correct because we picked you up at the airport there and then then we went south so you're right so I think that also was the first time I learned you really should travel with some things in your carry-on I still don't do that but I know that that's a thing you're supposed to do. And then we... Do you not do that? I thought we did do that for Korea. Maybe with Korea, maybe for these like really long haul flights, but I, I don't do the things you're supposed to do. You know, have a pair or two of underwear and your toothbrush. And, you know, it's mostly like, oh crap, I can't fit this in my bag. I'll just shove it in my carry-on. So, so then we had about two weeks to mm-hmm. just drive around and travel. I was, I guess I was so shocked when you were talking about traveling with your wine, but this was the first time we went to a bar together Yeah, and I could drink there. So I was like, Andrew, what do I get? And you told me to get a Malibu and Coke. And I'm not going to lie. I would still drink that today. (laughs) I love Malibu and Cokes. That's funny because my recollection of us going and getting drinks, we got Guinness. Oh, we did that too. But you can only have like one Guinness before you're full. It's like you've eaten a six course meal. Because I remember, and maybe I made this up, but in my memory, there was a night where Grammy wasn't feeling well or was tired or was sick of us, who knows what. And (laughs) so we just walked to a pub close to our little B&B and and that's the night I remember us ordering Guinnesses. And, yeah. and if you remember, people were just talking to us. Like they were yeah. so interested in our American accents and, and yeah. things like that. It was just a lot of our fun. Bar- our bartender's name was Ronan. Yes. I remember <laughs> Ronan. I, I don't know why I remember that. I think because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to move to Ireland for the boys. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think that's still a fantastic backup plan. And I bet you if we could find our photo albums from this trip, we have I a have picture. It. Okay. Is, do we have a picture with Ronan? No, we don't have a picture with Ronan. What we have is the map that someone drew us because we were like, we're going to the Cliffs of Moher tomorrow. And someone's like, oh, here's what you need to do. And they drew they drew us a map on a piece of paper to show us like, go here, stop here. Oh my gosh. Ireland is just full of the best people. It really is. Scotland's like that too. I, I found the people in Scotland to just be beautiful, wonderful people. I've honestly found that everywhere. Even yeah, you're right. I think, I think France gets the, a bad rap, but I've always had great experiences mm-hmm. there. I mean, a couple of times, I remember one guy in this, the Metro, I was asking something and he just was like, just ask in English. And I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. I had a few shopkeepers do that. Like, you know, just, let's just talk in English, but I didn't feel like that they 
were mad about that when you try. I don't know. I felt mm-hmm. like making the effort is what made them be like, it's okay. Like, clearly you're bad at this. Let me help. <laughs> the only town or city that I ever found the people to actually be snooty and a bit indifferent was Barcelona. Oh, I would not go back to Barcelona. Okay. See, and I, when I did Spain, I did Southern Spain. So I did not go to Barcelona. And every, I also did Southern Spain and I, yeah, everyone there was wonderful, but they yeah. also speak Spanish and in Barcelona, right. they speak Catalonian. Right. Um, and they will remind you that that is not Spanish. Right. Sure. I know, but I only can speak Spanish <laughs> or English. So work one of me. those, please. Interesting. I had forgotten that I didn't make it at all North. We just, everything we did was way South. And that's probably a bit too harsh. I mean, if someone was like, I'm going to fly you to Barcelona, I would sure. not be like, no. I think I, I haven't been on social media. Well, on Facebook, I don't have it anymore, but I did have a sorority sister who studied abroad there, met a boy, fell in love, got married, had a couple of kids. And as of the last time I saw anything, she was still living there. Wow. But you know, I think if I was classifying my top three favorite pictures of the two of us, one of them probably number one would be mm-hmm. a picture that we took at the top of something in Ireland. Yeah, and castle. I'm pretty sure it was Barcelona. The dream. I know, right? <laughs> Ronan, where are you? Seriously. Are you single still? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely look, look the exact same as we did 16 years ago. Totally, totally. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think if I was classifying my top three favorite pictures of the two of us. One of them, probably number one, would be mm-hmm. a picture that we took at the top of something in Ireland. Yeah, and Yeah, and Grammy wanted us to pose and we- We were not having it. Well, and like, we, I think we kind of fell. Like something happened mm-hmm. that we kind of stumbled a little bit. And so we are, we are genuinely laughing in the picture and it's just a really really sweet picture i do um, love that one yeah. we'll have to find it it can be the can be what we post on socials absolutely and no need to f- locate it it's right next to my sofa yeah perfect it's, I, I keep it there but so i think you're right i think that was sort of the start of like oh we're pals we travel well together but we didn't travel again together big until our korea trip which mm-hmm. was amazing yeah, I mean, I would put that in one of our top. Absolutely. Top trips. So 29 was a very hard year for me for a multitude of reasons. And I found myself thinking, okay, I want to do something big when I turn 30. And around that time, our cousin Alex, who was one of the um, co-authors of our theme music, he was, he had sort of had some life disruption and was moving to Korea to teach English. And so I was like, that's it. I'm going to go. And I said something to you and you were like, well, I want to (laughs) go. And so we did it. And we spent what, 12 days in Korea? I believe so. I mean, it it might not even have been 12 days. It could have ended up being 12 days because of our horrible flight delay situation. Right. Right. But it, I mean, for the amount of time we spent in a plane, it was not a very long trip, but man, did we pack a lot of awesome stuff into it we really let's tell the dmz story oh my gosh that is truly one of the most incredible experiences ever so but i don't even mean that just like (laughs) the the clothing story yes okay so (laughs) you tell it okay 
So we started out in Busan where Alex was uh, teaching. And then we met, actually got off our train for a little bit, said hi to my best friend's sister. Back on the train, went to Seoul, spent a few days in Seoul. And then from there, we were going to go up to the, the DMZ, so the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. And we got information on it. And so in the information packet, which we're reading, of course, like a few hours, but basically before we're going to leave, there is all of the, these kind of like protocol things. And we took very minimal things with us to Seoul because we left our big bags in uh, with Alex in Busan. Mm -hmm. So mostly we didn't have much and it was very cold this Mm -hmm. time of year in Korea. So I think we had like thermal leggings is basically what we Mm -hmm. had. And so on this sheet, it's like no uh, form fitting clothing Mm -hmm. and no stretchy pants Mm -hmm. and no athletic gear Mm -hmm. and no like, so basically don't wear anything you have. And so we were like, it's okay. We're going to make this work. So we fashioned ourselves. We wore the clothes we had and then we fashioned like pashminas around (laughs) our waist (laughs) <laughs> these skirts and all kinds of nonsense <laughs> did not matter at all not even a little bit not like every, people were in all kinds of craziness yeah um, but gosh darn it we tried to follow those rules I think we probably ended up looking something akin to hobos may not like, be the politically correct word now but it was <laughs> I was gonna say like gypsies which is probably yeah. also not yeah you're right I don't think word. that is either um it was really funny. And I think what we ultimately did, right? Like when we got there, we were like, oh, we do not need to be in this nonsense. <laughs> so, yeah. So we took that off. And- you can't just start taking off your dress. So I think we waited until we were on a bus or something yeah. and we're like, oh man. But I will say of all the things I've done in all the travel I have done, I have never felt more unsettled than that day. I haven't seen photos of the DMZ. You can Google it and and see the pictures of the North Korea side and the South Korea side. So obviously we're on the South Korea side. And so you go through, it's it's called like the family reunification center because it was built with the intention of reuniting families one of these days, but it's been like 70 years, right? But, and so you walk through that building and they made us be in a single file line, if you remember, and it's the U.S. Army who takes you. Do you remember that? Like, they were the ones checking yep. our passports and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you ha- you are with uniformed military and there's just so many rules. So they make you go single file and you walk out to this, job. it's not a balcony, but it almost kind of is like with all platform. these steps. And they're like, okay, so be in a single file line and, you know, the snipers are there and there and there. And like, you know, you like look through your camera and it's like, sure enough, there are people with guns trained on you. Like I've never in my life been in a situation like that. And I never felt more like a sitting duck. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so I think that initial sort of walk up there and all of that was the most unsettling ever, but God, it was cool. Mm-hmm. And it was just everything in Korea was amazing. The well, I was going to say the food was amazing. You loved the food. I, I again, was vegetarian, which is complicated in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> just so much to see and do. And it was just really enjoyable. I did. I loved the food. And in fact, you know, when I was in grad school in Houston, there was a food truck called Coreano's. And I believe they are still in existence. And it was Korean Mexican fusion. 
So my favorite thing to get was this burrito with bulgogi, which is like a Korean beef and kimchi and French fries and like (laughs) guac or something. I don't even know. It was really, really good. I miss Coriano's, but that was really great. And I think we did really well, all things considered. The travel there was very easy, but Mm -hmm. the travel home was horrible. And I don't, we didn't kill each other. So that was. Well, and it it wasn't even that. It was the biggest problem. So essentially what happened is we left Korea, no problem. We got stuck in the Tokyo airport Mm -hmm. for 16 hours. Mm -hmm. And so we had a very deliberate plan because we didn't have much time to readjust to the time Mm -hmm. change when we got home. So I was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to sleep on this long flight. So then it was like, okay, great. Wait, we have to sleep in the airport so that we aren't sleeping on the flight, but that didn't work out because it was a loud airport. Mm -hmm. And then we couldn't, then we couldn't get to Houston from Dallas. So luckily our, we have family there. So our aunt picked us up from the airport. Mm -hmm. We spent the night in Dallas, got back on a plane, flew home, and then we had to drive three hours Mm -hmm. to San Antonio. And so you were jet lagged for like two weeks, right? uh, Because you kept giving in and napping. Yep. I couldn't because I was back at work and I was at work too. I just had a very flexible schedule. (laughs) And so my jet lag was only maybe five days. Yeah. So anybody listening to this is planning on taking an Asian vacation. When you come back, the jet lag is real and severe. So do not let yourself nap (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it was bad. It is bad, bad, bad. But you know, something I was thinking about too, is like how I can't remember if it was Korea or Peru that mom kept asking us, like, are you guys sick of each other? Are you guys sick of each other? Do you remember that? I think that was Peru. Okay. And, but I was just thinking about the Korea trip when Sandy picked us up, Sandy lived in a five bedroom house. Um, At that point, I don't believe any boys were home or maybe Aaron was. And so there were multiple beds, but you and I shared a room. Like, like we just spent all that time together. And it's like, we can't be apart. Nope. <laughs> Not for a minute. That was an incredible trip. So we did skip over the travel we did in our college days, but I think that that might be okay. Mine, so, but we, well, yours, yours was cool. Cause yours was study abroad. I mentioned mine a little bit. So that was my Spain trip was um, a May term class, but I do think study abroad does not get the props it should for exposing you to things, right? Absolutely. I I never did a real study abroad. I just did lots of trips. I mean, but you you were at each of those places for two weeks, right? Like four days. Oh, in my Um, memory, you were gone way longer. Well, I was gone for a long time. So the trip Andrea is referencing is I did a a trip in college called the democratization of Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. And so we flew into St. Petersburg and then we were, I think think we were there for, for four days. And then it was a travel day to Moscow. Then it was a travel day through Belarus on a train to Poland. And then from, we were in Poland for several days. And then we went to either the Czech Republic or Austria. I don't remember which was first, We did both of those and then Germany. So when you do all of those plus travel days, that was a month. Okay. When I did my trip to the Galapagos, we were on a boat going from island to island in the Galapagos. But you were still gone. Sure, sure. But I think that the beauty in a study abroad is you're in one place 
and it kind of it becomes I your home. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, like you're you're living in a place. You're going. You find a favorite restaurant. You find you know locals. Yes. That you might actually become pretty close to. You're integrating yourself into the culture and the language, and all of those things. And I don't feel like you do that when you're passing through something. I understand the differentiation you are making now. So like, and that's even though my study abroad was shorter, it wasn't like a whole semester. That's exactly what it was. We stayed in a residencia, little apartment thing, and we'd never left it unless we took a little trip for the weekend. So, and you're right. We had a local pizza place that we loved. We had little bars. I see what you're saying. But still, you maybe get to meet someone who you'll marry and then you get to move abroad. That's right. That could happen <laughs> if you are lucky. So, but gosh, I mean, the fact that you've been to the Galapagos, I think is very cool. It is. It's amazing. We talk about once in a lifetime, but well, actually, I think a lot of these things are once in a lifetime. So mm-hmm. I think with the time we have left, we should probably talk about our second sister trip. So mm-hmm. In Korea, we decided we would do sister trips every two years, mm-hmm. but we're kicking butt at that. <laughs> totes, totes we are. But as Andrea has indicated before, right after that trip, mm-hmm. I met my now husband mm-hmm. and then we got engaged and we got married and we took our sweet time with that. So I threw off all of these timelines. So really we do a sister trip every four years. Mm-hmm. That's how it's working out. So in 2017, one of the places Andrea had always wanted to go, and I was interested in it, but it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was super high on my list. Now I know how, how dumb I was, but that was to go see Machu Picchu in Peru. And we really centered this trip around doing that. We mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't go to Lima. We didn't do other things in Peru, which I think I am a little sad about, but at the Mm. same time, we saw Machu Picchu. So, so we did a really, I guess it's kind of glamping Mm -hmm. on a seven day hike, um, through the mountains to get to, to Machu Picchu. And then we did, we did a bonus day there Mm -hmm. because with the tour, you're only there for a few hours. It's really half a day, right? If even that, and then they shuttle you off and you're done. And so we weren't really okay with that especially after the effort and getting there so the the physical effort I don't even mean flying to a different country right um so we've already talked about that trip a little bit but but not much so I think what was your favorite part of it oh my well I mean I think I mean getting to Machu Picchu like I just remember when we, I think it was that last day of the hike. And I think we have talked about on this podcast before, my feet are not my friend and they get really bad blisters. And so for, you know, after hiking for seven days, my feet were just torn up. I was, you know, we were tired and exhausted. And I remember we were kind of coming down out of the jungle and our guy, Danny was like, okay, you know, just a little bit further. And he was like, okay, whatever. And we kind of come around this bend and you can just see Machu Picchu spread out in front of you. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're we're almost there. Like tomorrow we are going to be there. And that was really cool. Well, that's an important distinction. You saw it spread out in front of you on a different mountaintop. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We had to then go down and back up, but that's okay. We did it. Um, That was cool. And then I just remember, let's see, what time did we have to line up for that bus? 4 a.m.? I was going to say 3 a.m. So 3 a.m. It was three or four. 
like, so for two hours, like, and we have great photos of our friends, like sleeping on each other. And, and I just remember it's just so tired, but we got on that bus. And then once it unloads you at 7am, I believe we were there in time for sunrise. We were, and, it was a little cloudy, but still. I, um, I got some amazing pictures. I actually was going to submit one to, to Nat Geo because I yeah. thought it was so good. It was like a amateur person contest, but then I, I just forgot about it. But so the people that we met on that trip. So it was just the two of us. We, so we were just in a group of a bunch of randos and we got so lucky in meeting this group. Just got along so well with everyone. So well, in fact, that we did a reunion tour. We had been planning on going to Scotland because Andrea hasn't gotten enough of it yet, but you've never hiked it. And that is Not an important yet. distinction. And so we, we wanted to do that, but obviously COVID threw everything off. And so we ended up meeting up this summer in, in Utah and mm-hmm. hiking together in Utah. Uh, and that was amazing. And that was actually something we were going to talk about in this trip uh, or in this, in this trip. It is, this is a trip for us. In this podcast was how you have to really be careful who you travel with. Because in 2011, I did a trip to France and Spain and it was with my boyfriend at the time and a, a couple friend of ours. And I am no longer friends with those people. There were a series of events and they just got really annoyed and were real done. So I think there's a lot of considerations that go into, to traveling with, with really friends or family. Yeah. You have to understand who the, who was paying for what, Mm -hmm. who was going to pay for it when. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that was a big issue with with this couple was you know how we were going to divide things up and uh, so that was unfortunate and and obviously we were a a lot younger so I was in 2011 I was 22 so I I didn't I didn't know a lot of the things I know now I guess but so I think we got extra lucky to meet a bunch of like-minded people who like to do active trips where you really are, you're not trying to just see a bunch of things and check off a bunch of boxes. You're trying to actually understand the country you're in, the culture that you're in, the Mm -hmm. people that are around you, both the people you're traveling with and your guides, you know, so I think having that kind of mindset was really important. Mm -hmm. And And then I think too, there, and I think this is uh, the nature of the trip that we took through mountain lodges of Peru, which if any of our listeners are even considering Machu Picchu, please reach out to us. I think both of us would recommend this group like over in a billion times above. Absolutely. But I think that this group is also a group that doesn't mind spending a little money on a trip, you know? And so, cause that's one of the things I like, I'm not great about being super frugal you know, like if, if I'm in another country, like I want to go out and, and have a nice meal and, you know, this group is that way as well. That's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in Zion, we had some really nice meals. Yes, we did. You know, so, um, so we loved hiking with them again in mm -hmm. Zion. And this time our friends actually had to plan everything. (laughs) They did a great job. And so I guess that's a good time to plug who we might be hearing from yeah, in next week's, or not next week, but two weeks, whatever, two weeks. That'll be our third three on the threes. 
And do, are we going to actually release the name of the individual? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Good. But it will be somebody that we know through our travels. Oh my gosh. I know. So it's, much mystery. I know. I love it. <laughs> Got to keep people coming back. So traveling is fun. I'm, well, I was going to say, I'm glad we're headed out of this pandemic, though now it doesn't appear that we are headed out of this pandemic. So who True. knows when we will get to go on our Scotland hike. But I'm really looking forward to things opening up again and trying to get on some type of a schedule because there's just so much to see. It's so true. I follow several travel-y kind of Instagram accounts and probably I should unfollow them. Yeah. Because I just, it it sets my my wanderlust off. And it's true. It's true. I know. But I've got all these children. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. And do we take them young or not? Um, Somebody tell us. Yeah. Send me an email at tinwadampod at gmail.com. Right. And, and I, don't, I don't know if we fully said this, but you know, we were talking before we started recording about the fact that we both, like we don't remember a lot of stuff. However, we were musing about whether all of this travel and exposure to other places and other cultures and other people made us the open-minded individuals that we are today. So perhaps there is something in that, that even if you feel guilty for not remembering the name of every city you visited, that that there is a bigger bigger purpose. Well, a little bit. I love traveling with you. I love traveling with you. Can't wait for us to do it again, even though I guess we're always going to have a tag along with Russell. I don't know. We we might annoy him enough. (laughs) If that starts to happen, we're going to have to increase the frequency and there's going to have to be a solo sister trip. Yeah. It could be our third wheel another time. Okay. That's fair. Right? That seems Um, like a fair compromise. And Ronan, if you're listening and single, Andrea is still single. There you go. (laughs) Willing to travel. Willing to move to Ireland. No. (laughs) No, I will not accept that. Then I can't fly there on a moment's notice. All right. Well, love talking to you. Love talking to you. All right. Another great episode. That's right. Bye. Bye.